Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. The title of this sermon is, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part teaching. Jeremiah prays in Jeremiah 32, 17, and he says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Jeremiah is praying because he's seeing the craziness that's happening as as they're being pushed into captivity and you know he's praying with confidence still we should be be uh, Christians that pray with confidence we don't have to understand but we just have to trust the person who answers the prayer God who's all-powerful and can do the prayer that's who we trust that's where our confidence lies and then God responds back to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 32, 27. He says, Behold, I am the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That's a rhetorical question. Do not answer it. If you know my attributes, there's nothing too hard for me. Right? Jeremiah is watching Nebuchadnezzar destroy Jerusalem and set it on fire and burn it. And he's going, Is there anything too hard for me? You have no idea what's coming for the nation of Israel. I do. Because there's nothing too hard for me. Jeremiah knew as God gave him that rhetorical question. It's a reminder that there is nothing too hard for God. In Luke chapter 1 verses 34 through 37. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this now with the sixth month for her, who was called barren, for with God, nothing will be possible. Nothing will be possible. Nothing's too hard for me. Nothing's impossible for me. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 18, verses 24 through 27, And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, How hard is it um, it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of god for it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god and those who heard it said who then can be saved but he said these things which are impossible with men are possible with god why because we serve an all-powerful god 
who holds everything. And everything's done in His perfect timing. And why? Because God is able. That's what we're learning in this Scripture, is that God is able. It's His power that works infinitely. And that's who we're supposed to trust. We're supposed to trust the God who's able. See, when we try to do things in men's thought, is we try to do things with good intentions. We try to plan things, and guess what? We fail. Not God. Not my God. My God is able. My God is able. In Acts chapter 20, verse 32, it says, Now, brethren, I commend you to go and, uh, to the, the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. He says, which, which is able to build you up. Why? Because God is able to build you up. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance for every good work. I, if, if we were studying this in school of ministry, I would have you highlight how many times you see the word all. Because my God is able to do all the grace that will abound. Not some grace. All sufficiency in all things. That's a beautiful piece of scripture. Because God is able in Jude chapter 1, verse 24, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with an exceeding joy. Why? Why when you read that, you're going, But I stumbled this morning. I got upset this morning, Lord. It's not on you. It's on God. God is able to keep you faultless. Why? Because you're covered by the blood of Christ. Your past, your present, your future sins have been forgiven. It doesn't mean that you don't need to confess them and repent. You do need to do that. But it's God who's able to keep you faultless because of what His Son did on the cross. The sinless Jesus. Truly God, truly man. Fully God, fully man, sinless. And we look at this as a reminder that these aren't just words on paper. It's God who's able, and it's a great statement to, to a tree, uh, it, it, part of his attributes is his goodness. God hears the prayers, and God acts to his will for the glory for you. And it's, again, it's to his will the prayer will be answered. Make sure you understand that. To his will. Now, I know it may be something you desire deeply, but it's to his will, and it's for whose glory? His Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. He's like, and, and this request, there, there are, you know, our prayer is, is just a request to heaven. And there's three answers to the prayer. Yes, no, wait. If you haven't gotten a no, then you need to, and you haven't gotten a yes, you need to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. He's asking you to do that. He's telling you in that verse that, that as you pray, he's saying that, that now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So he's telling you like even the things that you can't, you can't get out that are unspoken, even the things that you can't write down, that you're thinking because he's all-knowing, he knows. This is his attribute. This is why it's important to understand. When you're crying and you can't get it out, but God hears you. He knows. 
He knows. He knows your needs. That's why His attributes are so important. In Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. And the thing is with that is, is when our desires matches God's. Just because you desire a new truck, right? I mean, you can pray for it. Like, if you've got to get back and forth to work, and it's like, Lord, i got no transportation. I need to provide for the family. That's a different prayer. But if you have a working vehicle, and you're like, man, I need a new I, uh, I would love a new truck. $80,000 now, I think most trucks are. They're expensive. But it's when, when the desires of the heart and the desires of God match. Too many times it's just our desires. And so we see that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think. So it's God that bestows. And it's, it's the things that we ask or think. There's no burden that, that, cannot, that God can't lift. There's no, there's no enemy that God can't defeat. There's no problem that God can't solve. No sickness that God can't heal. There's no door that God can't open. There's no need that God can't meet. And there's no sin that God can't forgive. And you need to wrap your head around that one just for a second. Because there is a lot of awful sin. But they can be forgiven. You may never be able to forgive them, but they can be forgiven. How many have gone and seen the movie Sound of Freedom yet? Okay. Did you? Uh, I know Kevin and them went and go see it too. That's on my, my to-do list this week along with Mission Impossible. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> but I will see Sound of Freedom before I see uh, the crazy Tom Cruise. And all. But no, nah, I don't know if I'm going to see it or not. It's, I usually just... I don't like going to the movies anymore. I don't know what it is. I don't like giving up $100 just to walk into a theater. <laughs> I'm like, I'll just wait. And it comes out on the movie. Remember back in the day, you used to have to wait like a seven months for a movie to come out on, on VHS. Nobody even knows what VHS. They don't even know what DVDs are anymore. And all. Everybody just thinks things are automatically ready at your, at your whim. But, yeah, so, I, I mean, you think about just that movie alone and think that there's no sin that God can't forgive. Yeah, and that's, that's hard to wrap your head around. I know it is for me. Um, but God doesn't strain or struggle to answer your prayers. I love that Paul, Paul was like a chamois, you know, he dipped it in the water. And in this prayer, this very end of the prayer, he's wringing that chamois out. Because he's saying, he, he's straining every bit of the language saying, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. He's stretching it. He's like, Lord, like it's your infinite power. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, it says, I now... Know how I, or I know how to be abased, and I know how to be abound. Every, everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's God that's able to do all things. It's God that's able to return a prodigal son or a daughter back to a relationship with Him. It's God who's able to Bring your husband to faith and, and, and make him an example of Christ in the home. It's God who's able to, to handle the depression and the suicide. And is able to take that child or that, that person and God use them because God is able to use them on the missionary field. 
It's God who's able to uh, break an addiction of drugs in a person's life and then teach them to go out to teach other people how to avoid the addiction. Because God is able. It's God who's able to fix a broken marriage and to use that same couple to minister to other couples. The things that you go through, God will use. It's God who's able to open the womb that's closed. We just read about Elizabeth, right? Hannah, Sarah. God opens the womb. It's God who able, who's able to bring forth a child. It's God who's able to take a doctor's diagnosis that says that it's terminal and bring complete healing to the body and they can't explain it because God is able. It's God who's able to reach down to the depths of the, the darkest, deepest hole and save a sinner. It's only because God is able and it's only because God is all-powerful. And it's only for God's glory because God is able. Now, are you praying boldly? Because when I hear that, I go, oh man, I think my prayers are weak. I'm not praying big enough. I don't think I'm praying big enough. Exceedingly, abundantly, above, not some, all that we ask or think. Do you know my, my great-grandmother prayed a prayer for all of her great-grandchildren that they would come to faith? She died before I came to faith. I mean, many years, probably 10, 10 12 years. The first time I ever prayed with my wife, ever. We'd been married for four or five years already. Never prayed with my wife. First time I ever prayed in public with my great-grandmother before I went to the Gulf War. You're like, grab your wife's hand. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for your safety. She never saw that prayer answered, but it's been answered. Because what she, we couldn't see, she said God's able to save those sinners, my grandchildren. Now, two of the boys have been saved. We're waiting on the last one. So we continue that prayer for that one. So God is able. I think what I'm more afraid of is that I think as Christians, when we look at these verses, I'm afraid that, that we're short. You know, we talked about the immeasurable riches of Christ. I think that we think God is poor and that we think God is too small to answer that prayer because our worldview is getting in the way because we don't understand the attributes of God. Take a look at Second Chronicles 25, verses 1 and 2. Short little story here. In Amaziah, he was 25 years old. And when he became king, he reigned 25, uh, 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother' name is Jehoadan and of Jerusalem. And, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. I want you to highlight that in your Bible. Not with a loyal heart. See, Amaziah wanted to revenge his father. So they had over 300,000 soldiers, but he said, that's not enough. So I'm going to pay some mercenaries, 100,000 of them, to fight with us. God didn't like that. So God sends a prophet to Amaziah. Amaziah said this. Amaziah said to the man of God, but what shall we do about the 100 talents which I have given to the troop, troops of Israel? And the man of God answered, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. Amaziah, a man of God, is concerned about the people that the money that he gave because his worldview was like, I paid them to come to come help us fight. 
shouldn't they help us fight? Because we just gave away money. He's like, no, you shouldn't have gave them the money in the first place. Because your God is able to defeat the army. But he tells them the Lord is able to give you much more than this. Stop being stubborn. Stop being disobedient. Stop struggling to trust God. Because your God is able to give you much more than this. And yet, that's where we struggle. Our last little point, this will be quick. God alone gets the glory. To Him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So when the prayer is answered, who gets the glory? He does. Not you. You don't take the victory lap. Okay? He does. God did this because God did this and God did that and God moved. And I don't know how we got here, but this is what God did. This is all because of the Lord. I can't, I, I, you know, I sit back and I'm still can't figure out how all the pieces of the puzzles got put together. But God did it. God did it. Paul ends the prayer ex exclaiming that, that God should get the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. It's God who gets the glory. Unfortunately, the church seeks the glory today. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Pastor David Rosales from uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, gave a quote, and he was talking about when the Jesus Revolution movie came out. I don't know if y'all haven't seen that. Y'all should see it. It's, I think it's going, going to be on Netflix in two weeks. So if you have that, I don't, I don't know too many people have that either anymore. But, um, but if you get a chance to see it, it talks about the, uh, the Calvary Chapel movement and how it began. And so the Jesus Revolution is actually just the hippies that came to faith. And Pastor David Rosales was one of those hippies. Pastor David Rosales decided to go to church. And he said, man, I smoked a big blunt before I went in. Because I was going to go in barefoot and I wanted them to kick me out. He served our country in Vietnam. He, he was going through a lot with what everybody else was going through in the late 60s. Struggling with trying to figure this whole thing out. But this is what he said when he came to faith. He came to faith that day. Man is still a pastor today. For all these years. And this is what he said. Our lives were not built on entertainment. Our lives were built on Jesus Christ. We went to church services not because they had great bands or great speakers. We went because we wanted to know God. Why did you come to church today? Well, I know it wasn't for a great speaker or a great band, right? We come to know God. We can't, we can't mix that up, okay? Because it's to Him be the glory in the church by Jesus, by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So is your prayer life centered on God? Simple application. Start using some of the names of God when you pray. If you have to pray a verse straight from the Bible and you go, but my eyes are open. It's okay. Your prayer still gets answered one way or the other, eyes open, closed. If you're driving, your prayer is going to be answered, right? But is your prayer life centered on God? Are you praying to a big God? 
If God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, are we praying to a big God? You know, that tithe box is not just a tithe box, it's a prayer box. It's not just for tithes, it's for prayers. And we've been diligently praying. Every time I get something in that box, me and Teresa pray. And then we have a prayer team that prays. And, and it's important, like, you, you don't have to, like, if you, like, keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking. We'll keep seeking, we'll keep asking, we'll keep knocking. They'll keep seeking, they'll keep asking, they'll keep knocking. And what I mean by that, if I have to send it to another church and say, hey, can y'all s- submit this to your prayer team and have them start praying for this? I need God to hear. I haven't gotten an answer yet. It's not a no or, or not yet. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking Christ because I know God is able to answer this prayer. The immeasurable riches of Christ. Don't treat my God like He's poor. And don't pray to a little God. You serve the God Almighty, the all-knowing, all-powerful God who stands outside of time, who is goodness, who is grace, who is mercy, who is sovereign, who is eternal, who is righteous, who is holy. And He wants to talk to you. Has He heard from you? Has it been a while? Christians need to start praying because God is able. I'm going to read 1 Chronicles 29, verses 10 through 13, and that's how we're going to close our prayer. So let's go ahead and bow our heads, and we'll close out. Yours, O Lord, is the greatest greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. You are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honors, honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. In your hand it is, great, it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and we praise your glorious name. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to come before you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Adonai, El Shaddai. We thank you for your goodness. We so appreciate your mercy and your grace. You are sovereign. Lord, this is your church. These are your people. You know the things that are on their hearts right now. You know the things that are not, that, that are in thought, that are unspoken. Because you stand outside of time. And you're all-knowing. I pray that you would hear those. I pray that, that we would leave here encouraged to, to, to pray more. But to be bold in our prayer. To be bold in our prayer. To, to know that God is able. Because we have a God that we can trust. We have a God whose power is perfect and a God who loves you because God is love. It's another one of his attributes. Lord, I lift up the marriages in this church. You strengthen them. The families in this church, you keep them together, Lord. You strengthen them. The businesses, Lord, that that we have, not only in this church, but this community, Lord, there's a recession that's happening and and, and Lord, I pray that you would provide for them and their families. We pray for this community, for the other churches, the other pastors. We pray for those that would want to do ill towards the church. We ask, Lord, that you would 
step out in a mighty way and soften their hearts. Allow them to reconcile with you and to come to faith, to come to know your son, Jesus Christ. We pray for our mayor. We pray for our governor. We pray for our Congress and our Senate. We pray for our president. Lord, they're just people in position that you've allowed to be there. We pray, Lord, because this nation needs to repent, that we would repent. We ask for forgiveness of our sins of abortion. We ask for forgiveness of our sins of trying to transition our kids and putting them on medications that are wrong, that are destroying their bodies. We ask for forgiveness of that. Lord, we ask for forgiveness of human trafficking and sex trafficking that's happening in the United States right now. Lord, I pray if there's any congressman, any senator, any, any president, any administrator, anybody who's involved in any of these things, expose it. Bring it to light. If you got to remove them, you remove them. I pray that we would have people that would stand for you, Lord, would stand for righteousness. And I pray that we would do the same. Let us stand for you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 